This is Ron Moss uh, from the heart. I've been fortunate enough and, and probably some of you may probably have the same testimony, but uh, I've worked at a lot of places in my, I think I had my first job when I was in the 11th or 12th grade. Uh, I can remember working at the Lighthouse restaurant uh, in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And, uh, and remember, um, washing dishes and, and it was a weekend job. It was on Saturdays and Sundays and we had to wash dishes. We had to, when we got there in the morning, we had to, it, it had to be at least eight, nine cases of eggs that we had to crack open and, and open. And then we had to cut shrimp, cut the back of the shrimp, cut the guts out of the shrimp. And, and we had to prep, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. We had to prep before uh they started cooking the food and and then the rest of the day we were washing dishes and that was my summer job i think for one or two years that's how i was able to buy my jeans and buy my shirts because it was five of us and and uh and so my parents made it very clear particularly my mom that you needed to go out there and make some money to buy your clothes and uh you know i can remember that far back, you know, we had a kitchen manager at the time who was very nice, uh, very complimentary. Uh, he made sure that, you know, we had a lunch break and uh, and they were supposed to at the time take that out of our check. But he never did. He just always would come by while we were washing dishes and say, hey, you all figure out which one are you going to take a break first and tell me what you want on the menu and I'm going to fix it for you. Uh, no charge. You'll never have to pay for a meal as long as I'm kitchen manager. And uh, and so we ate well. You know, I, I enjoyed my weekend work because not only did I make money, but I also had a good meal, a uh, good seafood meal during the day, probably why I fell in love with seafood, too. But I thought about that just to kind of fast forward to where I'm at now. You know, I've been on a lot of jobs and, and been fortunate to manage a lot of jobs. And... Uh, and, and probably made some major mistakes uh, as a manager, you know, because I think when you uh, are put in charge or or the term that we may want to use when you're the boss, uh, there's a cost <laughs> to being the boss because you're dealing with a diverse group of people and you find out early on that you can't deal with everybody the same. Now, you can have the same procedures and the same uh, directions uh, to doing certain things, but there's a different way you may have to deal with each individual. And, and I can remember, you know, my first uh, management positions that were mostly in retail, where I always had a group of people uh, who I had to learn how to deal with differently and learn how to manage, ultimately manage them differently. You had folk who had, that was their first job. They were young, they were high schoolers, had never worked a job before. I couldn't treat them like one of my other employees who had been in, working for five or 10 years and was looking for something part-time or looking for a change. I had to deal with those two di people differently and, and deal with them in a way of, of their experience and and what they could be and what they were expiring to add on to what they already was. And and I can remember as the years would go by, I think the more I dealt with 
a diverse group of people, the more I learn how to deal with people. And, uh, and, and I can remember even when my boss would come to town and he would come and check on me, uh, a lot of reflection had to do with turnover. And he would always ask me this question, uh, male and female bosses that I had would always ask this question, you know, why do you think your turnover is so high? And, and I can remember at first coming up with uh, excuses about uh, people don't want to work. Uh, I can remember they they didn't believe me when I told them the, the starting pay was minimum wage. Uh, they didn't they didn't have the attitude. They couldn't follow directions. You know, I can remember each and every time that question would come up, I would always blame the answer on the person that I was managing. Never, ever thought that I could be doing anything wrong until one day. I, I remember uh, having an employee that worked for me in the retail industry. And and, and actually, I have two two situations. And, and I remember... Uh, that person came to work one day and they weren't their jovial, happy self, uh, came in, didn't speak to anybody, came in with a pretty nasty attitude. And again, as I'm learning how to deal with people uh, at that point in my life, if you had a nasty attitude, I had a nasty attitude, too. And I felt like I had to leverage because I was the boss. And so if you didn't interact with me the way I thought you should, then I would just tell you to go back home or I would just cut you loose. And I remember on that particular day, that individual came in with a bad attitude. And I remember uh, being somewhat of an instigator of pushing the envelope saying, why are you not talking to anybody? What's your problem? What's going on? You don't feel like working today. And I remember this individual kind of blew up at me in front of uh, other employees and said, I've just lost a family member. And... My family said, you need to go to work. It'll make you feel better. And I got to be honest with you, Mr. Moss, I don't feel any better. Actually, I feel worse. And then you added to it by talking to me like I'm nothing, not pulling me into the office and asking me, is everything okay? It seemed like your attitude got worse because I didn't say anything to you. And you're the boss. You should know better. I remember at that point taking her into the office and spent the next five to 10 minutes apologizing for my behavior. I'm almost 100% sure at that point she could really care less about how I was feeling. She was still dealing with the loss of a loved one in her family. But that day she left and I, I allowed her to leave and, and told her we, we would still pay her for an eight hour day. And to get back with me the next morning, if she couldn't come in, we'll work something out. And uh, I remember going home that day and realizing, wow, I got to be able to approach certain situations differently, particularly if I'm the boss. Because all eyes are always on the boss. All eyes are always on the supervisor. All eyes are always on the coach. All eyes are always on the person that has been put in charge. And they're trying to follow your lead because in their mind, you just didn't wake up one day and become the boss. 
There's some experience that came with it. There's some expertise that came with it. You had to get that title. You had to get that position because of your past and your present. Because your interview was off the chain. Because you answered all the right questions. You carried yourself in such a way that not only did you look like, look like a leader, but you was a leader. Not only did you look like a boss, but you acted like a boss. And you had the background to back you up that said, you're a boss. Now, why am I talking about this? Why am I bringing this up today? Because in this day and age, what's so amazing to me on some of the jobs that I see and some of the jobs that I am lucky enough to be a part of, I see so many bosses losing their jobs. And, and I, I'm just wondering why. How can it be that because these folks got families to feed, too. Uh, these folks got bills to pay. Uh, and if you make more money, the the biggest mistake we usually make is we accumulate more bills. We accumulate more worries. We accumulate more problems. But what I've noticed is that it seems like no one wants to understand the value or maybe one of the problems is no one wants to understand that first and foremost, you just can't treat everybody the same. You have to learn how to treat everybody differently in the way you approach them. Still give the same direction. Still help them understand there's a process and procedures that come with this, with this job that come with this position. But the way you approach them can't be the way you approached it with Susie or the way you approached it with Jim or the way you approached it with Robert. It's got to be different when you bring it to Ron because Ron is a different animal. Ron has a different background. Ron has different things that have happened in his life. And what Ron wants most of all is to be able to know that the person that he comes to work for every day looks at him as being this one individual that brings value to that position. I, I talk about value a lot. I'm going to tell you why. Because I believe that a lot of problems that are happening on jobs today has a lot to do with bosses who refuse to get to know their employees. See, see, the, the unfortunate piece about uh, being blessed enough to be promoted, being blessed enough to, to go get the proper education and get the proper experience to be put in the proper uh, position of being the boss and being able to make good money is that you forget that the whole process of being the boss is you still one key element that we all forget. You still got to deal with people. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, you do. You still got to deal with people. I, 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 I've been at so many meetings and, and so many uh, uh, venues where the boss would show up. And he would come in or she would come in and and, and wouldn't speak to wouldn't wouldn't individually reach out to anybody, but would go to the podium and shake the hands of the high ups and and then make a speech. And after the speech, maybe answer some questions 
answer some questions and then walk back out the door or walk back up the stairs or catch the elevator back up the stairs and then back to normal. That's not how you have a real meeting. A real meeting is one that takes a little bit longer because if you got 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 people in the room, if you want those people to embrace your ideas and embrace your ideology about the business that you're running, if you want those people to be behind you and support you and come to work every day wanting to make the boss and the business happy, then you got to go to each one of those individuals and make sure you make eye contact and let them know how much you appreciate them. And if you're not doing that, bosses, that's why your business has not went to the level it should be. That's why your business is still, you're, you feel like you're stuck. And the reason why you're stuck is because you don't, you haven't learned how to deal with the people that you want to support you. And when you lose those people and when those people go away and, and, and people say, what happened to them? What happened? And your answer is they just didn't want to do what I want. They just wouldn't do what I wanted them to do. Or they couldn't follow directions. As long as you keep putting it off on them and not looking in the mirror and understanding it's about you. Then the people above you. Will end up getting rid of you because I, f I find it interesting that most bosses, bosses, understand what needs to be done and why it doesn't trickle down to the boss is beyond me. I've been fortunate enough to meet a whole lot of folk who are either owner of a business or they're high up in business. Their personality is great. The conversation has always been great. And you almost feel like you, you, you're you a part of the, the friendship already because the way they approached you and the way you were allowed to approach them. And then the question in my mind is, is why does that personality not trickle down to the bosses, to the team that you give direction or you give the authority to run your program. And can I be honest with you? The answer that I come up with, because we kind of count on each other without having accountability. I want to say that again, because I want you to get that in your spirit, particularly if you're a boss. We count on each other without having accountability. That means we assume that because of your title, that you're going to do what you're supposed to do to make the business run. We assume because of your position that you're going to do what you're supposed to do to make the corporation run. We assume because of your salary and because of your title and you're the EEO and the CEO and the PTO that you just didn't get all that for nothing. But let me go back just a few sentences ago, a few voices ago and say, but you still got to deal with the people. 
So let's put it this way. What, how do I make my business be substance, sustain? How do I make my turnover low? And how do I make the people that work for me work for me? <laughs> oh, wow. That's just kind of deep there. How do I make the people that work for me work for me and work for the corporation? So you got to get them behind you first. And once you get them behind you, then you can get them behind the business. Because, see, you're the, you're the face of the business. And if your face is ugly, if what you do is ugly, then they're going to say, damn, the business. They're not going to care too much about mistakes. They're not going to care too much about being at work on time. They're not going to care too much about following protocol and procedures. They're just there now for a check. And they're there to make the money as long as they can make it. Until they get caught, until they you realize they don't really care, and then they're ready to move on to the next job, move on to the next position. So how do we bosses turn it around? First and foremost, bosses, you got to learn how to humble yourself. Stop believing the hype. You are not all that in a bag of Doritos and chips and Funyuns and all that stuff. You just as human as I am. You're just as human as that employee that come to work every day and you notice they got on the same clothes. You notice they wear the same shirt. You notice they wear the same pants. You notice they got on a pair of raggedy steel toe shoes. God does not place any extra value on you than he does them. But until you understand that, it doesn't matter. You've got to first and foremost stop thinking that you all that. Because I stopped by to tell myself and I want to tell you, you're not. You bleed the same. You get colds the same way. If you're unfortunate, you got COVID the same way. You drive the same way. You share more of the same things with that minimum wage or $10 an hour or $14 an hour employee than you think. The only difference is that you are blessed enough to go down that road instead of going down that road. But guess what? Eventually, the roads will come together. And if you have forgotten how to get on that road and drive down that road with other folk, then you really can't help nobody. You're just there. You actually become a boss with a temporary status because you're too caught up and high up on yourself. When you walk through the building in the morning and you can't speak to nobody. I'm not talking about people speaking to you. I'm talking about you making an effort to go up to your people and say, hey, how you doing today? Thank you for your work. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for being here today. It's great seeing you. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. It makes an impact. You'll be surprised what a kind word will do for anybody. A kind gesture will do for anybody.
So you got to first and foremost, you got to come to terms with understanding that you're not all that. Humble yourself, brother. Humble yourself, brother, boss. Humble yourself, sister, boss. Know that it's not you, but it's grace that you are where you are. 